I'm a gun with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh. I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? just worried about you know listening to you know all, all your guys rap poison welcome to sideline judgment here are your hosts sergio and tyler welcome to sideline judgment my name is sergio my name is tyler and today tyler we are reviewing everything that happened in week five of the 2021 college football season we're going to talk about all the notable games we're going to go through our five wide and two points and count them up and see how we're doing but we have to start tyler with our beloved florida gators falling to the kentucky wildcats at the grocery store 20 to 13 we have thoughts you know twitter has thoughts i have had discussions with multiple group chats about this game with thoughts um where do you want to start, Tyler? Um, I want to start off by saying that we were kind of right. Mm-hmm. Um, just that because what we said was going to happen was exactly what did happen, except for the very end. Florida didn't pull through like we thought they, they would. Yep. This game for it's this game played out, I think, the way exactly every Florida fan expected it to play out. Not not wanted to, but expected it because Kentucky always plays this tough, especially when they're at home. Um, any honest Florida fan who's been any, really like, paying attention, like any who knows the team knows the situation. Mm-hmm. This game was going to be tough. Should it be? No, but it was going to be. And watching it, I was like, for most of the first half, I'm like, yeah, Kentucky's putting up a fight, but I, I can see that we're probably going to pull away at some point. And then mm-hmm. guess what? That just never happened. Um, and is large part of that in my opinion, due to Dan Mullen's baffling decision at the end of the first half to not do it to do his quarterback, who was 10 for 11 for 105 yards. And he had like two timeouts, not go for a drive preach. Yes. I think that's ridiculous. And preach it's, it's comes to a bigger thing with Dan Mullen. And I don't care what anyone else says. We have said this multiple times and I still believe it from an offensive schematic standpoint is one of the best in the country, arguably the best. No one else is going to design and large when he's in his back, call an offense better than Dan Mullen. Agreed. But I will say his game management abilities do leave a lot to be desired. Yeah. Like, and he, he has odd choices. And and again, I have to I have to reiterate, like there's there's times when like a quarterback calls a run play on a third and six. A run play gets called on 36 that everybody's like, why did we do that? And I'm like, you don't know if Dan Mullen called that or if the quarterback checked into it or what all the things are. So there's, you have to like, I urge fans to take a step back and and to time management stuff. Time management stuff is one of the few things Mm -hmm. that we plebeian football fans and us almost professional football watchers (laughs) can, can accurately fully criticize and know like, cause I'm not going to criticize Dan Mullen's ability to call an offense because I may play NCAA 14, but I don't know crap about designing a screenplay. I don't, yeah. I don't really know it, but 
I know how to, when to call a timeout when you need to. Yeah, if, if there's one thing that I'm really good at, it is the final two minutes of the first half going into the first two minutes of the second half. I can clock management wise. I know exactly what to do. Yeah, <laughs> a normal fan has the skill and the ability mm-hmm. to understand and judge that accurately. And Dan Mullen, for some reason, doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I think this game, Tyler, to build off of what you've said. I think this game was a microcosm of the entire Dan Mullen experience, right? I would agree. I think that the game started off with a pretty decent couple of drives and then kind of plateaued by no fault of Emery Jones. I'm going to say it one more. By no fault of Emery Jones. I, I actually agree with you. Emery Jones did not play that bad in this game. No, I, I think he, I, I dare to say he played really well and to... I don't want to we'll, we'll get to the the end of the game and, and the eight stops in a, in a second. But in my opinion, I think it was a fantastic game by Emory Jones. I think the defense played really well. Jason Marshall, true freshman out of down here from Palmetto, played really well at the corner position. Um, Brent Kyrie Cox Elam Jr. was out. Kyrie Elam was out. Brent Cox Jr. on the defensive line played really well. Gravon Dexter played a fantastic game defensively. And I understand that the Kentucky offense isn't as isn't as explosive is the right word I think I should use. Isn't as explosive as, as other offenses that we have faced and will face in this season. Um, listen, tough, I, I thought though. it was a good game. I thought it was a good game all around in terms of performance. If I wasn't a Florida mm-hmm. fan, this would be an excellent, entertaining football game to have watched. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I would dare to say, as a Florida fan, it was entertaining yeah. as the game went on. Just had a crappy ending. <laughs> right. And I think the the loss falls on Mullen in this in this scenario. A lot of times we talk about how um, you know, it, it was, man, if only, um, Grantham could stop calling these plays, defensive plays, whatever. Oh, if, if the quarterback didn't throw three picks when he shouldn't have, whatever. No, no, this game falls on Mullen. And like you said, it's time management, it's in-game decisions. The end of the first half, I texted you with a whole lot of expletives because I had had a few beers in me and I, I was baffled because it was, unex- it was unacceptable for with about two minutes and 12 seconds left in the, in the first half with three timeouts, you're only up three points. Right, you are only up three points. It's unacceptable to not try to at least get a field goal at the end of that half, especially when you know, especially when you know what the game, um, what Kentucky is capable of against Florida. We have had close calls in all four games against Kentucky under the Dan Mullen in the Dan Mullen era. Two of them have been won. Uh, two of them have been lost. Last year we we kicked their butt. Last year we did, yes, but, but three I, I'm, out of I'm, four is still like a very tough. But- like right and and and, well here's the thing i think a lot of fans and a lot of casual florida uh fans are forgetting that yes we beat in kentucky 30 what's 32 out of 34 years now but i'd like to remind everyone there is a in terms of getting the most out of your players there is in my mind a top 10 football coach on the other side of that football field in kentucky i mark stoops is one of the coaches i respect the most mark stoops what did I say, Tyler? What's the running bit on this pod we haven't said in a while? Miami's going to fire Future Manny Miami Diaz and Mark Stoops Mark is going to take the job. He'd be able to get a lot said, out of those players. Like, I think he would. I think they'd be performing better. They have higher, They have great talent. Schematically, I like him a lot. So I'm not as like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is what happens. Like, no, no, no. There's a reason that we have been playing Kentucky very tough. It's been a tough outing ever since Mark Stoops has been at Kentucky. We've seen it happen before. All right? Listen. It's not a – this isn't – we didn't lose to Vandy, okay? 
Okay. This is not a loss okay, to Mandy. Knock on some. F- yeah, we're not losing to Mandy. We're not losing to Mandy. Like, but but that's what I'm saying is I don't understand why the panic button is being hit to that degree. And to my point, to what I want to talk about a little bit is Dan Mullen is, in my opinion, I wouldn't take. There's probably two coaches in this country that I would, in a heartbeat, take over Dan Mullen at Florida in the current landscape, and it's Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley, in my opinion. I and you're think not getting if, either of those people. And you're not getting either of those people. If you want Dan Mullen gone, where do you go? So Who do you pick up? It's so this is uh this is actually so I want to say something that I, I meant to say earlier, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go off that yeah. point. No, what no, I meant ahead. to say earlier, just to, to further reiterate that this falls on Mullen, is that there's no situation where a Dan Mullen coach Florida team should hold a road team, should be on the road, hold a team to 20 points and lose that game. Agreed. There, there is no situation where it's acceptable that Dan Mullen's team, Dan Mullen's team, mm-hmm. cannot score 21 points on the road. Um, that And that happened. So that that's on him mm-hmm. um, from, a, from a game plan perspective. Moving on to what you said, I texted you about this last night. Um, about this is something I wanted to talk about is the greater idea of change in college football as regards to coaches, mm-hmm. because it is a fact changes need to be made at Florida. Now yes. the problem is, and this is a justified problem that people see it with. Now, what we mean by that changes is like changes in the way Dan Mullen goes about things, changes in the staff, maybe here or there change, just changes in the way you approach the game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean a change of head coach right now. Not yet. Yes. I mean, yes. Because just to, pull, to go off what you said, my firm stance is the grass is not always greener on the other side. Like, especially, especially in college football. In college football. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Frost could do no wrong at UCF from a coaching perspective. Even people who hated UCF, the whole national championship thing, we all thought Scott Frost was a good coach. He yep. Does he have 10 wins in Nebraska in his I career? Think has, I, th- I think he has 12 or 13. He has 12 now. And yeah. what has it been like? Four. It's been four years. Same that was cycle the same as Mullen. As Mullen. So the grass is not always greener on the other side. The way you think. Additionally, it's like we want changes in Florida. That is completely fair. And if that doesn't happen, thing change a bigger change will need to be made. The problem is that in most college football coaching, when you want changes, what you end up really having to do is change the head coach because most head coaches are incapable of full change, like. So the word, just the word change in a college football fan's mind becomes synonymous with head coaching change, mm-hmm. you know, when that's not what I think Florida should be asking for here, like at all. The problem though, is that it's very hard for the word for change to happen and it not be a head coaching change. Very mm-hmm. few coaches have done it. Mark Stoops did it in his early days in Kentucky. He changed the way he did things. And now he's going to be there until he wants to like, um, other quarterbacks, Nick Saban has changed multiple times, and that's honestly what probably makes him the GOAT. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dan Mullen needs to change some of the ways he does clock management specifically. Mm-hmm. He needs to change some of the attitude. He needs to get back to the attitude he had his first two years on this team. Like, yes. Because even though Kentucky, what well, we lost to Kentucky that first year in the greatest Kentucky team Mark Stoops has ever had. Yes. Like, um, even though that happened, that. The end of that year, even with all those three losses, everyone is feeling good. The next year when Kyle Trask comes onto the scene, which again, Dan Mullen got lucky right there, to, mm-hmm. let's be completely honest, um, that, that that all happened. That team lost two games, both close. We were all like, this is the, the stepping stone to get to the next level. And then the last two seasons, 
there have been pro- there's been progress made while an equal or greater amount of progress lost in different yeah. areas you know yeah it's a the, two steps forward one step back situation and sometimes the, it's even two steps back the team that was so good in the fourth quarter the first two years that was the defining trait of dan mullen at, yeah. at florida at that time when the offense was getting better the defense was actually playing well those two first two years but florida was tough conditioned and they kicked butt in the fourth quarter yeah with that has not been here the last two years. Even with last year's Caltrass team, the fourth quarter was their worst quarter. Mm-hmm. The second and the third, they were awesome in. And the first yeah. often they were great in. But the fourth quarter is where Florida really struggled last year. And it's carrying over into this year largely. Um, and, and listen, I'm not saying that that's an easy thing to do. It's no. hard. But you it's get paid millions there's, of dollars. Right. There, well, there's a reason that Nick Saban is the GOAT. Because he was able to be consistent in something that is constantly inconsistent. I know... He's consistent in things that are constantly inconsistent. Staff changes, mentality of players, uh, the culture of the culture of more, right? Like, oh yeah, okay, we're we're winning national titles or winning SEC titles, great. But I want you know more for myself, you know, buying into the team. Saban's the best at that, and I think that holding Mullen to the level of Nick Saban is unfair to Mullen, number one, but B understandable for this fan base. Like, I, I understand why we want that because. At Florida, we have the resources to win a national title. We've seen it happen three times in the past 25, 26 years. It's happened, and we can do it. The question is, can our leader, our head coach, get back to what you said, that kind of grinding mentality he had the first two seasons at Florida, and instill that back in the players? There needs to be more accountability. There needs to be more accepting of what's been done wrong, and he needs to not be as – not be – Loyal, not be as, excuse me, not be as loyal, I should say, with things like Grantham, um, with specific players. You know what I mean? In this case with Emery, I think he was proven right. But we know now in hindsight that he probably should have thrown out Kyle Trask instead of Felipe. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was loyal to a fault in that sense. So there's a lot of things going on there. Uh, Tyler, finish the two two words that summarize Dan Millen as a coach to Mm -hmm. me. Our stubborn genius. Like, <laughs> he is undoubtedly to me one of the smartest offensive minds in all of football. I don't I care agree. what many of our friends say. He does make, there are some questionable calls that happen, mm-hmm. but you cannot argue with the years upon years of results that he has had. Agreed. And development of players and all that. Like, just if you gave everybody the exact same talent, Dan Mullen would do better than most coaches mm-hmm. from an offensive Agreed. standpoint. If everyone had Alabama's players across the board, we'd clone them all, everyone had it. Dan Mullen's top three of those offenses agreed agreed but he is super stubborn yeah and that part of that is arrogance and it's that weird thing where like you know to be you have to be arrogant to be successful in this thing you have to think you're you're hey you're, listen you're listen your job you like, guys all wanted a spurrier you got a spurrier that is a good point that you got a, a spurrier Quitter did not exist when steve spurrier was the head coach of florida gators and I will Steve Spurrier. You know what? That's I, you got a really good point because like it is one of those things that I do want us to reevaluate what we what we want out of Florida or like what Florida is. It just in that everybody wants to be Alabama. Completely understandable. Super should want to. I think again I've talked about this multiple times. Nick Saban's greatest achievement is that he has normalized the amount of success that he has had. Everyone starts to think that they that they can do it, and I I genuinely think only Nick Saban can do it. Like, 
mm-hmm. to that level of success. Um, but Florida does not have a history of that. Mm-hmm. Florida has a history of national championships and competing at the highest level, but almost exclusively with coaches that everybody hates. And Dan mm-hmm. Mullen is like, I've heard it said before that Dan Mullen from a personality standpoint is perfect for the Florida Gators. And I do <laughs> kind of agree. Yeah. And it's that weird thing where all the fans want Spurrier, but they don't really, they, they think they want Spurrier, but they don't really. Exactly. Like, and again, I, and everyone who's saying that now is just, it, it, I, I understand it's me, a person who was not, was born after our first national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, me coming from saying that it's the same thing with like the generations that existed before me i'm like yeah okay were they that good at football like not <laughs> you know um it, it, you guys are holding on to emma smith a little too much, too much. like um <laughs> i get it i get it it's just it's all just highs and lows and yeah a bigger point is that i think that we let ourselves believe that this florida team was something that they're not which it, that's tough because teams change, but it's like this team. I expected this team to be an eight and four, nine and three team. Yes, they play that Alabama game. I expect that. I'm like this team could be ten and two. Agreed. This weekend happens, and pretty obviously, I'm just like, oh, maybe they are more of that eight and four team. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. And this is again why I, know, I always say you cannot judge teams off of one game. Right. We got. I got friends out here. And you'll know who this is, uh, Sergio. I got friends out here in the NFL asking after one and a half weeks if the Texans are for real because they beat the Jaguars <laughs> and we're playing the Browns close. The currently the got shut out by the Bills today, Texans. You got it. You got to This is there's a amalgamation of of data that needs to happen. The, the cat really agrees with you today, Tyler. Yeah, sorry guys. Then my cat is a uh, my roommate's cat. I have to preface yeah. really wants to climb on the keyboard. It's been it's been purring. It's climbing on the keyboard. It's just really passionate he about the Gators game, like we are. I, he wants I, to I don't podcast. I don't I don't blame him. I don't blame him. George uh, the but, cat. But hey, to, to George, all what you, you said, you, what do you what do you think about Dan Mullen? <laughs> nah, he's ignoring me. He's ignoring you. Yeah. Listen <laughs> yeah, to, no to what you said. Matter. I agree. I agree with that sentiment. And I also want to add before we move on that. I also don't think we should judge a coach by a singular stretch of games, right? Yes. Good friend yes. of the pod, Michael Phillips, um, sent us a, a text today saying, hey, Dan Mullen is – we are five, three and five in our last eight games. And while Which that is, is – oof. Well, if you start a season three and five, that's kind of tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in a stretch, number one, there's got to be some context in that. Two of those games were against Alabama. One of those games was um, – the bowl game against Oklahoma. Where I don't want to make excuses. We're all of our best players set out. So just right. context, like mm-hmm. just context. Exactly. And uh, it's still not great. It's still not ideal, not Bad. but I want to remind everyone, Brian Kelly went four and eight, turned it around and made those changes. The question is, Brian we've said Kelly, this before. Another, another coach that was actually able to make changes about himself mm-hmm. without needing to do a head coaching change. And, and, and here's the thing. Do we, as a fan base, have faith in Mullen to make those changes. At the current moment, no. But that can always flip, in my opinion. I mean, and I he, think that I'm hoping that, you know, he's staying he's staying here and stuff. He's staying with us for a while, doesn't lead to the league. 
let's say after week after his like eighth season, we look back and we go, oh, remember that like year and a half stretch where like he just like wouldn't make a change or this and that, whatever. And then, oh, look, it flipped. I'm hoping that that's the case because I would rather live in a world. Honestly, I would rather live in a world where we are a perennial eight and four team that overperforms every year, every couple of years or whatever. Um, than the yo-yo and the lack roll of the dice and roll the dice and have this fun offense that we can cheer for and stuff beating our rivals and stuff than what we went through with Muschamp and McElwain. This may be because my four years at Florida were Muschamp's final year and the three years of McElwain. It could be that, but it, that's just how I feel. And this, I feel similarly just in case because mine were the were the three years of McElwain and Mullen's first year, which was a great mm-hmm. season to be a fan of. Absolutely. Like, to be a student at. And, you know, I went to the Peach Bowl, like, that we won. And, like, it's just – these things take time. This is a process. Um, I don't think we should blame. Co- we should be. Ma- I mean, it's, it's funny to me that we've been talking mostly about Mullen as a head coach and not yeah. the actual game itself. I Although, know. you know, good win for Kentucky, honestly. But yeah. we'll have to see. He's getting this year and probably next year regarding a genuine implosion. Like, oh, yeah. Which is yeah. not happening, in my opinion. I agree. Um, Again, a part of it is like we're going to see is Grantham going to do well enough to get a head coaching job and bounce this year? Maybe a new defense will instill a new level of toughness or things like that. Mm-hmm. Will he eventually have to start Anthony Richardson or just start him at all? Which, again, is part of the reason that I think this is a lot of frustration because Emory Jones is not a bad college quarterback. He really yeah. is not. And like I would argue he's a good college quarterback. Not great. Not great. And I would, but, I would but, agree. but it's just, it's, and if Anthony Richardson did not exist and it was just a, a random kid from East side that was fine, mm-hmm. half of the frustration would not exist. I agree. Because it is easier for everyone to live in the world of what if he started Anthony Richardson. Well, well, than, well here's than the thing in the, in the world where he didn't. And it's just that option being there, I think has accentuated how frustrated people are because they think that there is a, that there is a concrete solution that Mullen is refusing to do. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't start Anthony Richardson. Like, right. Just that is, that is contributing. Like, well, here, here's the thing. Let's, let's, let's ask. It would still be like, it wouldn't be as bad, I think, but let's put it in the context of today's of, well, yesterday's game, Anthony Richardson, when he got in, there were multiple times he just got stuffed because the problems today were not quarterback related. Yeah. The offensive line really got pushed around today. It was the first at times, at times they were really dominant at other times they weren't, they were inconsistent. But like, that's the thing where I don't, I'm seeing Anthony Richardson against sec competition on the road and all this stuff. And what it tells me is that, yes, this is a kid with immense talent. And I think he's more pure talented than Emory Jones, but he's not going up against FAU and USF anymore. You know, he can't just out talent his stuff right now going up against a Mark Stoops team. You know what I mean? And I think if he went in against Alabama, I think it would have been the same situation that we're talking about now. So I understand the first. Well, I don't let me I don't agree with the frustration. I can understand where they're coming from, but I can also understand why they're wrong in term They being the fan base that has that outside frustration about the Emory AR thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, um, as you know, I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, Stephen Peters, friend of the pod, mm-hmm. very critical of Dan Mullen historically for many reasons. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He has he has said all he was really, ever really wanted is accountability, and I have to agree with him at this agreed. point because 100% that, is the, agreed. that is something that has 
severely lacked. Now, yeah. I don't think it's a unique to Dan Mullen thing um, because mm-hmm. a lot of head coaches lack accountability, but there is a lack of accountability. And if it doesn't improve, that is going to ultimately be the problem. Yeah, because there everything is there for Florida to be better than they are. Mm-hmm. Everything is there. Yeah, but it's not coming together. Right. No, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Um, last question before we move on. Uh, we've been spending a lot of time with the Gators. Um, what do you think about this season going forward? I mean, I still think it's more like an eight and four team. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at the schedule. You still got LSU and Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I imagine they'll drop one or two of those games. Right. Um, but the uh, the rest of the schedule, Missouri doesn't look good. I'm not mm-hmm. really super worried about South Carolina. Um, Vandy. Vandy, give me a break. Florida State. I don't fear FSU. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, hey, miss hey, hey. me with that ridiculousness. Hey, hey, please, Tyler. They want a game. Please. <laughs> they want a football okay, game. Okay, all right. Against Max <laughs> Bordenschlager of Syracuse. <laughs> Freaking oh, hang, hang the banner. Um, <laughs> hang the banner. <laughs> oh, man. I'm with you. I think we're in that same range. I mean, I this think- team is exactly, this team is now what I thought they were preseason. Yeah, I listen. I think nine and three hey. in a Citrus Bowl appearance. I I think you could that do is com- worse. It could be worse. I think that's commendable. Um, it may not be the expectations that that uh, people had, but I think it before the season started, you said, "Hey, we're going to go nine and three. We're going to lose to Bama. We're going to lose to Georgia, and we're going to lose a close game on the road at Kentucky." After losing Kyle Trask, Kadarius Tony, and Kyle Pitts, everyone would go, "Yeah, sign me up. I'll take that." I think so. So, but all right, um, it, it's okay. I mean, every, everybody right. generally, what I'm saying is, just calm down. Yeah, I you agree. Know? I agree because all, but, your, but, all but your criticisms are all your criticisms I, are valid. All mm-hmm. of your positions are valid. Exactly. But what I will say, calm down only because no matter for better or worse, it's not going to get decided in the next week. Exactly, and I love the players' reactions. I've been retweeting the players. Um, all day today they've all been like hey keep your head up we're gonna fix this back in the lab type of stuff go gators da, 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 da. so i'm very excited about that i am very happy that they are that's the mentality that they're approaching and they're taking so that that tells me the locker room is in good spirits um and my personal opinion maybe don't blow up a one second uh picture of someone smiling after the game because you literally never know what was happening on that field it's i understand not the best optic for be smiling like that after a game, but people are human and you never know if Mullen saw someone that was walking towards him. He hadn't seen in a while and just kind of smiled at him. Um, I do not think that this man was happy to lose to Kentucky. I think those kind of things are out of this world. I get the optics and everything, but like, let's, let's have some rationale here. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry. That was really on my mind. No, no, no. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about anything else. Like, you know, you know what I want to talk about, Tyler, these notable yeah. games. And I want to lead off with a Thursday night game um, here in South Florida, where I reside, Virginia 30, Miami 28. This game, Miami lost because their kicker kicked a field goal and it went off of the post and ended up losing the game. Can I tell a quick story about this game? Uh, be free. I was heading to the gym Thursday morning, early six in the morning, and I typically turn on sports radio and it was five, uh, five sixty Joe and big dolphin guys, big Canes fans or whatever. They're like, yeah, and tonight we have Virginia and Joe distinctively said, I mean, like 
we're winning this game, right? And everyone's like, yeah, come on. You know, Virginia is this and that, whatever. They got blown out by North Carolina, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. doesn't like, mean anything. Like, oh, no, it does not mean anything. The next morning, I was on the same routine going to the gym and everything. And what did I hear at 6 in the morning? The sky is falling. We shouldn't have lost. And it was just music to my ears. I love South Florida Sports Radio. Hire me. I really want to do it. Um, <laughs> it would be great. It was fantastic. And um, I don't know if Manny Diaz keeps his job. I don't know if Manny Diaz gets fired simply because money. Money and there's a great article I want to say in the Miami Herald a couple weeks ago talking about how the administration at Miami is really just not behind um, athletics, period. They're very much like hands off and it's like we want to be an academic institution. Athletics, you're on your own. There's really not that backing and when you don't have the backing of administration, athletic director, head coach and they're not in sync – it's not really going to work out in the long run for a football program. So, yeah, this may be a whole lot more of this in the coming years. So we'll see. Tyler, moving on to Friday's game, Iowa 51, Maryland 14. Oh, boy. Talia Tungavailoa plays real-life football the way I play college <laughs> football revamps. Absolutely. I actually today – I did it a couple days ago, but I did it again today when I was playing – I won a game that I threw six interceptions in. <laughs> um, Maryland did not do that. <laughs> no, they got beat. Talia Tungavilua started this game. I think he'd only thrown one interception, like a hundred and something FBS players had thrown more than him. And now after one game, he has thrown the most interceptions in the FBS. Yes. Also, yes. I mean, good game for Iowa. Maryland, you know, weren't ready. And I have a, okay. Iowa's ranked three now. They are. And I think that's a little ridiculous. Um, I think it's it's one of those AP principles where – so I had a, t- had a professor at Quinnipiac where she worked uh, – Molly Annity, fantastic journalist and fantastic professor. Um, she worked for the like Seattle newspaper and she got a vote in the AP when she was covering the Huskies. Um, she straight up told me she was like, the AP poll is just kind of – you know, she just kind of shrugged at me because I was like, hey, how does that like really work? And she was like, ah, you know, so I think this is one of those things where people are like, well, I guess Iowa keeps winning. I guess I'm just going to keep moving them up I mean, when yeah. really they're not the third best team in the country. And, and I love the idea because I, I get I, I totally get what people think that the college football playoff like colludes and like they have mm-hmm. because they, I mean, they're, they're people making decisions. The right. AP poll is like 60 plus writers. First of all, it's a poll. It is an average of 60 plus writers of which college football Reddit posts what they all voted for Mm -hmm. afterwards. There's no collusion. There's no like – No. It's impossible to get 60 people in all different types of the countries covering different sports teams that didn't watch the same games. One of them being Pat Dooley in particular. Um, Like (laughs) – it's impossible hey, to get them to him all collude. He's a nice guy. No, he's he a is, good, but I'm just like, you cannot tell me that Pat Dooley would join anyone's opinion. Like, yeah, no, I get it. Pat get Dooley that. is not going to join your like, yeah, let's screw Cincinnati. Like, yeah, no, I get um, it. I think I also think um, I think the best thing that the college football playoff has done is they start at like week eight. So that's honestly genius. Of them. I love it because and then they don't take these polls into account. Like I think people get freaked out because it's like, oh, wow, they they screwed over the group of five team. Um, they were ranked much higher in the AP and now they're not like they dropped. It's like, no, they didn't drop in the polls. 
They literally took all the criteria they had and just ranked them there on their own. That's how you get Mississippi State going from like seven in the AP poll because of, there's a perception of them to number one in the country in yeah. the first ever bowl. And you know now I mean? and well, this thing is that everybody talks about um, how preseason polls are stupid and mm-hmm. kind of I agree. But I, I would have agreed more. I used to agree before the college football playoff because the AP poll directly influenced who played. Yes. Like and the BCS was a preseason as well. And mm-hmm. that direct the college football playoff doesn't start till week eight. We know what these teams are eight weeks oh, yeah. into the season. Absolutely. Like, pre yes, preseason affects it, sure, but the, mm-hmm. the ones that matter now don't start till week eight. So I don't care what the AP poll ranks them because by week exactly. eight, the people that matter will know what they are. Like Yep. I'm with you hundred percent. Sorry. Okay, all of, anyway. all of this to say Iowa has a really good defense. Their offense isn't really the best. I wouldn't read into the I'm 51 points. I'm not entertaining points. an Iowa playoff appearance. I'm not Neither am I right now. Neither like, am I. Ohio State, save our souls. Um, no, Penn State, save our what souls. What are you talking about? Penn State. Sorry. Um, the team formerly ranked number three, Oregon, they fell to Stanford 31-24 to 24 in overtime. Great game. Did you see how they got to overtime? Uh, yes, I did. I did. It, okay, um, Tanner McKee, baby. Tanner McKee, untimed down. Fade. I can't That's believe this. That's got to piss Oregon off so It's got to mess. Much. Oh, my gosh. No, no, no. And <laughs> I love how last. more la- play. <laughs> last week, we went on it. Or two weeks ago. I don't know if it was. I went on a tirade about how you should not run goal line fades unless you have Calvin Johnson as your um, – Unless you have Calvin Johnson as your wide receiver, don't run full line fades. And what does Stanford do? They run a goal line fade on an untimed down. It's literally you score it, you go to OT. You don't, the game is over. They get it, and then they end up scoring a touchdown in uh, overtime, and they beat Oregon thirty-one to twenty-four. Um, that was incredible. It was a great ending. It was one of those games where like it was on, and everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put it on later." And then it's like, "Oh, there's two seconds left, and this is going to overtime." Yeah, let me put this on. <laughs> That's yeah. really what happened there. So I don't I, have much to say. It's just the it, ending. It, I liked it. It was um, it was tough. Is it like Stanford took the lead early and I really wasn't entertaining it so much. Mm-hmm. But this is also a, a game pinnacle of Oregon will be good. But until they get a better quarterback, they're not going to yeah. be great. Agreed. 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 And Anthony Brown's fine. But and I, I people are like this eliminates the Pac-12 playoff conversation. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Stop. Like, um, like I just. Yeah. Stop. All right. It's too early for this stuff. I'm not. Any, it's way too early. People for this. love saying that it eliminates people from playoff contention for anything. Just like mm-hmm. even if they win and they play bad, well, they're not making the playoff now. First of all, I overreaction central. But yep. um, secondly, this is a one game loss in overtime. You think mm-hmm. these people can't excuse that if they mm-hmm. go undefeated the rest of their schedule? Right. Get out of here. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Let's move on, Tyler. Penn State 24, Indiana 0. I don't have anything to say here. Just nice. Know. Take care of business, Penn State. 24 to nothing. Keep it moving. Um, Oklahoma 37, Kansas State 31. Congrats to Oklahoma for breaking the losing streak. Nice, yeah. tough, fought game. Um, my brother was very anxious during this football game. This was a lot closer than expected. I followed this via GameCast. I didn't really watch well, this. Skyler uh, Thompson played, so that – that helps it. I wasn't expecting him to play. They said he was out for a long. They said indefinite because of his injury, and he ended up out there. So good for him. I'm glad to see him healthy. That changes my opinion on Kansas State for the rest of the season. My yeah. Kansas State opinion has changed like four times. <laughs> yeah, all valid. All um, valid. Good. I good agree. for Oklahoma. Nice win. 
Um, A tough fought victory, but they stayed ahead pretty much the whole time. Agreed. Agreed. I'd like to remind everyone, um, Oklahoma's undefeated, are they not? It's true. So, like, all of this, like, Oklahoma, the sky's falling, this and that, whatever. They're undefeated, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) They're winning their football games. Again, they continue to win these clunkers instead of lose them. So, I think eventually they're going to get a lot better. Hey, look, they got Red River next week, so... It's going to be interesting oh, to see. Next week? Yeah, it's on. It's next week. <laughs> Same time as the glorious game that everyone asked for. Florida Vandy. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, moving on. Ohio State 52, Rutgers 13. I'd like to give a round of applause to Rutgers for scoring 13 points. Big um, ups. Big ups to them. Um, they didn't cover, but big ups to them. I, I well, enjoyed they're it. They're not a great team. Yeah, they're not a great team. Nah, you're, you're being nice. Michigan 38, Wisconsin 17. Um, I'd like to personally invite uh, Graham Mertz to my eye doctor because <laughs> my man was throwing horrendous interceptions. Like yeah. horrendous interceptions. This game was relatively close going into the fourth, and then the doors were just blown up because Graham yeah. Mertz said to throw some picks. Uh, Again, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. Please do not overhype Michigan. <laughs> I had to I had to put this in our group chat because people were like, oh, is, is this the year? Somebody straight up said, is this the year Michigan beats Ohio State? And I said, no. We keep <laughs> doing this dance every year, and it continues to burn you. You know, like you know for, exactly what's going to happen. Uh-huh. And it's, no, the answer is no until it for happens, you, and I'll, I will gladly be wrong. But stop <laughs> fooling yourselves, people. For those of you who follow the NBA, this also, is the – Also, Wisconsin's like bad. Like, I know. For those of you who follow the NBA, this is the bat. This is the college football equivalent of the Ben Simmons jump shot summer mixtapes. This is the fourth year in a <laughs> row we've gotten Ben Simmons jump shot mixtapes. It's not happening, guys. It's not happening. Same with Michigan. They always start five, six, seven, and zero, oh, and then they lose a road Big Ten game that they may or may not have, pro- probably should not have lost, and then they get the brakes blown off of them by Ohio State, and they end nine and three, ten and two. It's the story of Michigan. Moving forward. Mississippi State 26, Texas A&M 22. Hello. Da- Jimbo Fisher is sending Dan Mullen a box of chocolates for distracting everyone from the fact that he just lost by to Mike Leach. Yes, like, absolutely. There's – I don't – I mean I think Texas A&M is overrated, obviously. I think now they're going to become properly rated um, because <laughs> yeah. they, they've continued to lose games. Um, They should not have lost this game. Not, not saying like – like they deserve to lose it by the way that they played. Mississippi right. State outplayed them. I'm saying mm-hmm. that Texas A&M should not have lost this game, and they did. And mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher, what are you doing? And I know, I know that you don't have Haynes King, but that is just not an excuse to me anymore. Like, at home, at home, you let yeah, Mike Leach, Mississippi State team that's not good in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're still building in Starkville, and but hey, credit to. Credit to the Pirate and credit to the Air Raid offense in Starkville that they're it finding works. ways to win these games, man. They they really are. Yeah, this team is not bad. Okay, I mean, I think I just did call them bad, but like, um, they're. Not, like, I think they're it, bad relative to the. They are bad relative to the talent that is on the Texas A and M sideline. Yes. Okay. Mississippi State has been playing. They basically played the same game for like five mm-hmm. straight weeks. Right. And they won three of them, and they lost two of them. Yeah, like they keep playing. They play in the same exact game where they lose by a touchdown or they win by a touchdown, mm-hmm. like approximately. Yeah. And it's working out for them so far. It is. But it just J- Jimbo Fisher, all that money, 
Losing to Mississippi State. At home. And that money, and like, Tyler, it's fully guaranteed, my guy. <laughs> yeah. Fully guaranteed. Um, Jeez. You want to move forward? Yes, I, I do, actually. Let's go forward. Arizona State 42, UCLA 22. This is simply here because Herm Edwards said, I've had enough of these horrible penalties. I've had enough. That's another thing with Florida, by the way. Lots of penalties. Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about that. Way too many penalties. Again, falls on the head coach. Falls on the head coach, parentheses. I'm tired of us giving credit to the Florida fan base when other teams false start in the swamp and not giving credit to the opposing fan bases when our team false starts. Those penalties were grocery store penalties. Congratulations to that fan base. I'm being serious. Like, no, I, I'm you not are. giving. I'm, I'm not. I'm not making an excuse. Like, we shouldn't be in that position. I mean, we, but Florida should not be affected by grocery store fans. Correct. But credit to them. Mm-hmm. That that place seemed like a raucous atmosphere. Absolutely. Even Alabama themselves had like four false start penalties in our game because of the swamp. I, I'm tired of us not giving credit to the opposing fans when we hype ourselves up for swamp penalties so that was a gro- those are grocery store penalties mullen these this team's got to be more disciplined than that but credit to those fans close parentheses we're moving forward no more gator talk sorry um that arizona state 42 ucla 23 um it's just there for herm edwards he got that team disciplined and good win. They look they look good good win good tough one clemson 19 boston college 13 actually let me rephrase that the unranked clemson tigers 19 <sighs> Boston they, College 13. Scroll to ranks? the bottom. Scroll to the bottom of my, oh, of my list. Oh, I didn't even see that. <laughs> oh, 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 boy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, on, on the rundown, it says, after Team 25, I put in all caps, not Clemson. Ha, 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 um, All right. So what I got to say about this game, uh, we basically, it's exactly what we knew about Clemson. Their defense is really good, and their offense has greatly struggled. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see? Did you see a um, Jimbo? Did you see Dabo after the game when they interviewed no. him post game? Dabo, did you learn anything about this tough resilient victory? And he goes, "I learned absolutely nothing." <laughs> <laughs> and he's right because the team looked the same, dude. In in the in the clips it, it, and everything I saw, well, teams look the, the same. Like, I really don't like a lot of teams. You take a long time to figure out what exactly they are, and I'm pretty sure we all just know what Clemson is. Like mm-hmm. Clemson mm-hmm. has been the same thing in all their games. Like you know what I love about this though. This ACC season is going to be is just incredible. I can't is, wait for the. I this can't wait for the like, college football season is incredible. I just I can't wait for the like Wake Forest Pitt conference championship game. Like I am pumped, dude. Can't wait for this. Tennessee sixty two, Missouri twenty four. Tyler, Tennessee had forty points in the first half. They were balling in this game offensively. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say something. Uh, Eli, Eli, my boy, Eli Drinkwitz, take a seat enter the room waters in the corner if you want um yeah uh, I, I respect everything you're doing i think you're bringing this energy to columbia columbia south carolina um south, columbia, south carolina uh, <laughs> missouri <laughs> i know i know i know uh, columbia missouri but my guy if you're gonna talk all that talk in the preseason you have to back it up my guy look that's what i was gonna say it's like until you prove like you cannot be talking smack if you're going to let Tennessee drop 60 on you. Absolutely. Regardless of whether you drop 70 on them, which you didn't. Mm -hmm. But um, like, even if you'd won, you let Tennessee drop 62 on you. Your, your taught, your trash talking privileges are uh, temporarily revoked. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you need to go through a committee before apply for reinstatement. 
listen, it, Tennessee can't cover this game by themselves. Okay. Just can't happen. Just can't happen. Eli. Yeah. All right, let's move uh, forward. Tyler. Yeah, beat Arkansas and we will, you get them back. <laughs> Oregon state 27, Washington 24. Tyler, how do you feel about this? Uh, I just think it's funny at this point. <laughs> is that, is that the stages gen- of grief? I, gen- I genuinely just think it's funny. Are you at um, that point of the stages of grief? You've already accepted it. And Oh yeah. I mean like it is also, I mean, it's hilarious to me that it's Jonathan Smith, former uh, uh, Washington offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Who's the head coach of the Oregon state Beavers. It was coincidentally the last time they truly had a truly great offense. Mm-hmm. Maybe that will freaking teach Jimmy Lake something. Um, <laughs> again, so Washington, super... go out and hire Jonathan Smith as your coordinator. Again. <laughs> yeah. Get him to come back. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, I would love to have Jonathan Smith as the next head coach. The 40 We're moving forward. We're moving forward. <laughs> hit, Just fucking hit. Great. Now I got to bleep it out. Pit 52, Georgia Tech 21. I was I was um, having some drinks with some friends and we were looking at lines for our pick'em league. And when I looked at this game, I laughed out loud and I went, oh, Pitt's playing Georgia Tech. This game could either be Pitt by 40 or could be Georgia Tech by 30. And I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, it ended up being Pitt fifty-two, Georgia Tech twenty-one in a pretty uh, good game by Kenny Pickett. But adden- yeah, addendum is Kenny Pickett the greatest uh, quarterback to ever play football? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, he's looking. He's better. Is Kenny? I mean, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Ken- is, is on, Kenny, Kenny Pickett a better pick quarterback than Dan Marino? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. You okay. know what? Screw it. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I wasn't there for Dan Marino. Like the legend um, of Kenny Pickett will Kenny never Pickett die. Would never have his career ended by stomping by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So too close. To come on, man. Too 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 no, close I, to home. I, I, I regret nothing. Um, too close to home. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. A little too close to home. <laughs> um, no, uh, Kenny Pickett is in the same realm as Oklahoma cornerback Pat Fields of the. How are you still playing college football? Um, Kenny Kenny Pickett has three kids and a mortgage. I'm convinced. Convinced, yeah. I'm convinced. And he's and he has a divorce. He's been divorced, three kids, and a mortgage. Convinced. And it's his ex wife's mortgage. That's how old this man is. <laughs> that feels <laughs> remarkably pit to me. <laughs> Vandy thirty, UConn twenty eight. I put this game here because we are sickos and we are psychopaths, uh, and we are um, what's it called when. Vandy's bad. Vandy's bad. UConn is worse. I put this here because Vandy won on a game-winning field goal, and I just loved like a situation where it was all right, and now Vandy gets to drive down and win the game, and they did it, and I'm just so happy for Vandy. Good for them. Good for Good them. For them. Good for them in this game. I feel bad for them because I feel like Florida's going to take out their aggressions on them next week. Alas. Oh yeah. And we end, Tyler, as we do every week with Florida State. But this week, Tyler, Florida State scored 33 points and Syracuse scored 30. Congratulations. Did you see that that picture of the guy who was holding the chains in this game on the phone? No, I didn't see it. Yeah, no. Uh, so there's, there's, a note, there's a picture going around Twitter of one of the guys who's holding the chains for this game is by the Syracuse uh, sideline. Mm-hmm. And he's straight up on the on the phone as the game <laughs> is happening. And Roy, Roy Woods Jr., tweeted about it he's just like he's just like yeah no no no. florida state's on offense i'm not gonna have to move the chains for a little while yeah, yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead and talk to me i love that i love that so much oh man um, good for fsu 
You beat Syracuse. You got Congrats. your first win. Shout out to Dino Babers <laughs> being one of the only guys that can make it seem like he's having a good season and then all of a sudden lose to Florida State. <laughs> oh, boy. Tyler, let's just get into five wide and two point as we come to the end of this episode. Um, Arkansas, zero. Like, zero points, ladies and gentlemen. Georgia, 37. Uh, I picked Georgia, so I got the point there. Tyler, you picked Arkansas. You didn't get the point. Um, there's not much to say about this there's game. There's nothing other to than, say. Like, what, what could you possibly what – what analysis is there to take from this game? What's the defensive lineman that went in at fullback for Georgia? What's his name? Uh, Jordan Davis, I imagine. Jordan or- Davis, yeah. He's good at blocking. That's my takeaway. You see the play where goal line play where he blocked three players? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I'm so scared. I'm just, I'm so scared as a Florida fan. Terrible weekend for Florida fans, not only because you lost to Kentucky, but Georgia had one of the best games they've had in years. Yeah, with game day there. This was, Fowler and Herb Street called a noon kickoff. And they blanked Arkansas. The, The like hot new, this was the like, oh, everything's going right. It's like everyone loves the Cinderella. This was like a Final Four game where North Carolina just like pummels on like George Mason or something. This is what oh, yeah. that felt like. It was like, oh, Georgia, why'd you have to ruin the fun? But then at the same time, like in, in this analogy, we would be Duke fans and we're like, oh man, we got to play them in a few weeks. <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> we'll talk about Florida, Georgia when we get closer to it. Um, but that that happened, Tyler. That happened. Yeah, that happened. Tyler, you want to read off this next one for me while I celebrate? Uh, yes. Uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats 24, Notre Dame 13. Say it again. Cincinnati 24, Notre Dame 13. And 11 no, no, one more point time. Victory. One more time. And let, the, let them know Cincinnati's the number five team in the nation. After the we Cincinnati had that whole thing Bearcats, about polls. The, current, the currently top five Cincinnati Bearcats defeated the, at the time, t- number nine, Notre Dame fighting Irish. I don't know if they do this. 11 points at, uh, on the road. I don't know if they do this, but bear down. Let's I mean, go. That is, yeah. Let's yeah. Desmond Ritter was dealing in this game. Dude, he was talking that talk. You see that, that last touchdown he had and he was talking to the Notre Dame fans? Oh, yeah. Oh, just okay. so good. Okay. Shout out to shout out to Jack Cohn for driving down the field in the opening drive and throwing a pick in the end zone. <laughs> Why, Tyler? Why? Because the, the secondary wears what? All single digits. As God intended. Hey, like like I said, to quote you, you got me messed up. If you think got that Jack Cohn up. is throwing, or any other Notre Dame quarterback for that matter, because mm-hmm. they shuffled them all like crazy. Yeah, um, well, they needed to. Th- I mean, Notre Dame. So now, Sergio, what you have to you have to hope is you have to hope the Notre Dame wins out because oh you absolutely want this, oh for, yeah. go Irish go Irish <laughs> you kidding me we don't need a conference this is I went to the, I went to church today Tyler come on <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious I did <laughs> sweet baby Jesus sweet baby Jesus <laughs> touchdown Jesus in all his glory um. No, it's – I genuinely believe partly because everybody's bad this year except for Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati has a shot. Yeah. Now, there is a chance, man. There, there is a lot of season left. And and there's not only is there a lot of season left, but like we talked about earlier when we mentioned the polls, 
who knows if the college football playoff is going to see it as well as the AP voters do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things change. If they so. start, if in the initial ranking, they're like five or six, they have an initial chance. If they're seven, eight, nine, they're back to I'm like the so 12 sure. where they always put like UCF. Like, yeah, I know. Well, if they're, it, even if they're, I think if they're like seven or eight, I don't think they have much of a happening. chance. They got to be in that five, six range. Gotcha. Moving on. Next, next up. Tyler, you got your popcorn ready? Yeah. <laughs> Alabama uh, 42, yeah. Ole Miss 21. Oh, it, wasn't, uh, oh, it wasn't even that close. It, was it wasn't. Even, and it was not a 21-point game that I watched. And for a second, by the way, uh, Tyler and I both picked Cincinnati like the right rightful men we are. We both got the points. Um, yeah, it wasn't close. Did you see the pregame uh, little like sideline interview? I did. I did. And every I love that everybody was just like, oh, Lane's just having fun. Like, no, nah, Lane looked mad. Like, <laughs> I think Lane legitimately thought he was going to win the game. I mean, I and, and, he like, and here's I the mean, thing. Every I coach and, they would too. Like, every um, coach and player has that mentality, and I get it. But no, like I think Lane really thought it. This is this. Well, this is a matter of game script. Also, this game is a perfect example of the fact that if you watch this game, mm-hmm. the first three drives Ole Miss had were crucial to them playing so poorly in this game. Yeah, yeah. Because on each one of those drives, they had chances where they went for it a lot on fourth down, which I support. They had chances to put it in the end zone, mm-hmm. and they whiffed on like most of them. Yeah, yeah, they did. It would have been close early. Yeah, it could have been close early. It could have been made a big game, but then that gets thrown out the window. You're playing from behind, and it just never gets any better. Yeah, you, and you need to the goat. So, and and that's oh my god, not to bring back bring up Florida again. I promised last time, but that's one thing that was really impressive about the florida alabama game where florida went down but then they were able to get their way back up you know that not everyone does that against alabama so yeah but oh miss defense didn't stand a chance no no it, it didn't um but yeah it is what it is uh alabama's good Ole miss though still got a chance to have a really successful season like they're still a good team still a good team i still think they're the second best team in that division so it's not a bad thing Especially after the other things we saw this week. Absolutely. Uh, Baylor 14. Oak, neither one of us got the points there. Obviously, we both picked Ole Miss. Baylor 14. Oklahoma State 24. None of us get the point. Neither of us get the points because we both picked Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma State taking care of business. Quietly 5-0. Baylor quietly 4-1. Two one. weeks in a row. So, like. I think we're going to have to start reevaluating that. Yeah, um, just- I watched the end of this game because it was after, after the Florida game I went over. And it was just a on Oklahoma State control the ball fest you know what I mean yeah um and you know the the polls like them too they go from 19 all the way up to 12 um they're behind Michigan State and BYU which shout out BYU top 10 good for them Michigan State shout out 11 Mel Tucker on the hype train um but yeah so I think we need to start taking them a bit more seriously uh which is good because like they're doing this with like a middle of the pack college quarterback and Spencer Sanders yeah so doing really well there doing really well Last game of five wide, Tyler. Auburn 24, LSU 19. Neither of us get the points because we, smartly in my opinion, picked the home team, which was LSU. Uh, Tyler, we had a good Bo Nix showing. I thought he was done. I thought he was done for, but he came back out. Like I thought there was God no bless. more good Bo Nix left to give. And I think I've, I've come up with a formula, with a strategy. I think that good Bo Nix comes out when it's a big, important road game in the SEC. That is the Bo Nix, like, roll the dice, it's going to happen type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you, mean, see the, you see the the crazy touchdown pass he had? Oh, 
it's like the fourth time that Bo Nix has done this specific thing where he has evaded like six defenders to throw a touchdown. Like, mm-hmm. like he did this against South Carolina, a game that they lost last year, but like he like evaded like five guys to throw a touchdown that made no sense. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, con- congrats to Auburn hard fought game. LSU looked like they were going to win it. Auburn climbed back and won it at the end. It's mm-hmm. and like, I mean, there's, there was the safety that they had. Yeah. To tie it up. And it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible. It's just, yeah. I mean, and, and for all the Auburn fans are very happy. They're like, never thought I'd see a win in Baton Rouge. It's the first um, win since like the nineties in Baton yeah. Rouge. Something like yeah. that. The, the, every, every Auburn LSU game since the nineties has been won by the home team. Except yeah. for this one. In- incredible dude. Incredible stat. Um, I'm pretty sure. No, I, th- I think LSU's I, won I know, some on I the know road. for a fact Auburn's never beaten has not beaten LSU in Baton Rouge since yes. the nineties. I maybe Correct. LSU's beaten them in Auburn, but yeah, I'm not sure. I think I think that is the case, but alas, it's a big victory and for LSU, man, we were talking about they need this win, but they didn't get it. They didn't get it. It's gonna be rough for them coming up soon. So two points, Tyler. Uh my two point conversion, FAU fifty two, FIU fourteen. I get my two points. I was at this game for the first half. Awesome. It was so great to be back in a football stadium. And shout out to the FAU fans, man. Pack, pretty packed. Like the whole behind the FAU bench was packed all the way into the end zone. And then the student section was packed, which is the lower bowl, kind of like at how at the swamp it's behind the opponent bench. Yeah. Um, but it's just the lower bowl section. And gotcha. that was fun and great showing. Um, dude, Nikosi Perry had this one touchdown at the end of the first half rolls out go ahead goes opposite side um on his right side uh slot receiver slips away from the safeties open in the end zone and throws it from from his own 40 all the way to the back of the end zone they're gonna use that clip if he ever like you know declares for draft stuff or whatever that's they're gonna, the that's, they're gonna that's gonna be the clip for like the arm strength that they'll show if he gets drafted oh, in, like yeah. the sixth seventh that's round that'll be the clip they show yeah that'll be the one it'll it was good it was nice man um, and then your two point, Tyler, Nevada, 41, Boise State, 31. You get your two points. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Happy about it. Happy about it. Carson Strong, good. Confirmed. Can confirm. Good at football. Carson Strong, good at, good Carson at football. Strong, he's good at football. And I I'm very confirm. grateful for it. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, that brings our total to you have 18 and I have 24. I'm pulling away, my guy. I'm pulling away. There's six points ahead. All right. If I get I a touchdown, am. I can get ahead. But um, I need <laughs> another miraculous game. week like I had last year where like I had like eight points to your like zero. Like, yeah, that um, was a rough one. That was because I was up like 11 at one that's point. That's what won it for me because I was able to just stay ahead for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, like, I remember that. I remember that. I need that. Um, I need that. Tyler, some notable top 25 teams. Like we said before, Iowa's number three. Penn State's at four. Cincy at five. Oklahoma at six. Um, the top 10, Ooh, well, get the phone call. Only Raul down to eight. calling me right now. Um, sorry, Raul was calling me right now. So you're listening to this dad, uh, recorded a podcast. So I didn't answer you. Continue, uh, dad. <laughs> Continue, dad. Uh, Oregon only fell down to eight, which I think was very fair considering the situation Agreed. of their, of their loss. Mm-hmm. So that I, I thought so. that was good. Yeah. I liked, uh, BYU heading up to 10 Michigan at nine is just such smoke and mirrors. <laughs> It's such they deserve to be ranked nine, but they ain't gonna. It ain't. They're not winning. Being for Ohio now. State, I don't care. Like right for now, right? Um, and then you got Michigan State at eleven, Oklahoma State at twelve, Arkansas thirteen. I think the drop was appropriate for Arkansas. I agree. 
I think the the I think it was appropriate for for Arkansas. Um, and then yeah, Florida drops twenty. I don't think Florida's. It's behind teams like Ole Miss, Auburn, Wake Forest. I think Florida's better than a couple of few of those teams, but I understand being dropped that far down. But, but those teams won this week, and Florida lost. Exactly. I and understand. Again, I understand. Polls are just a progress thing. Like exactly. The only poll that really matters is the one at the end of the season. Agreed. Agreed. And as we said before, Clemson not ranked, my friend. Yeah, Clemson is not ranked. Um, Tyler, week five college fantasy. How did you do, my friend? I won. Congratulations. I beat Leighton Orient. I beat your uh, your my brother. brother Diego who forgot yes. to set a tight – he forgot to set a tight end in his lineup. Oh, Diego. Um, now, I didn't realize that Jonathan Mingo was out for the Alabama game. So mm-hmm. it kind of canceled out. <laughs> but <laughs> – um yeah brandon zapp western kentucky quarterback nice. he's keeping he's keeping me in games right now and the georgia Listen, defense which got me 40 points as much 40 points good lord they regularly um, get me 30 to 40 points they're regularly my second best score it's they've allowed something like 10 points all season or something like that something crazy yeah. they've insane. allowed only one offensive touchdown all season that's what it is that's what it is um i beat my stepdad raul uh, 195 to 112. Sam Howell gave me 53 points. And what hurt too was the fact that I have Chris Rodriguez Jr. And when that last touchdown went in to make it a 20 to 10 for against Florida in the Kentucky game, in my in my brain, in my heart, I went, oh man, Kentucky scored. And in my head, I went, oh, he's my fantasy running back. <laughs> so hated to do it, but I had to run it out. So yeah, good game, good performance. Um we got more games next week, Tyler. We got more games yeah, next week. Excited. What we Good. also have is our week six preview coming up later yeah. in the week. Um, that is our next episode. And as always, you can subscribe to the newsletter. You can send your email to sidelinejudgment at gmail.com. That's judgment with an E. I'll put you on the mailing list. Tyler, is there anything else you really want to say before we sign off? Uh, this week of college football was definitely like it was stacked. People knew it was stacked and it was still mm-hmm. pretty wild. A lot of things yeah. happened. I am once again – of the belief that everyone is bad this year. Mm-hmm. And once you accept that, it's way more fun. So I just excited for the next week. Me too. And I think I've just accepted what Florida is at this point. And I just want to see improvements. I would like to see Mullen, like we said earlier, take more accountability. Uh, again, Steven Peters, friend of the pod, a hundred percent correct. Needs to be accountability, but I'm also just excited to watch everything else in college football. Like I love how this is shaping up to be, a very yeah. wide open season. It's kind of very much Bama, Georgia, everyone else. Yeah. And I like that. I Which really in like my that. head is just Bama because I just I don't until it happens. I'm not believing that Kirby Smart can beat Nick Saban. I know that's let's me. wait. I know, oh, but let's wait until Georgia after as a person. Exactly. But. You gotta have some patience. I will I will reserve now, my they are definitely full... in the same tier, but absolutely. Uh but it's one A one B. Yeah. It's one A one B. And I will wait to give my full Georgia opinion until after uh, the cocktail party. Just just who I am. Just what I'm doing. Yeah, I so. won't. Um. <laughs> With that, Tyler, we will end this episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.